dolphins and jags. What a drag! Welcome, football fans, episode 51 of the Surfing Artificial Turf Podcast. I'm Baxter Hill. This is my co-host, Casey Thompson. Casey, how was your week? Buddy, I have no idea how it was. It was terrible. I hated it. Hated every oh, second. No. <laughs> oh no. Uh, no, it was great. I went to yeah. Melbourne, Florida. Where's that? Um, uh, it's it's somehow even hotter than the hell that I currently live in Gainesville. <laughs> it's warm. It's warm. It's You're standing in the sun, swinging two kids. It's 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 warm as heck. Yeah, it's a little bit of a nightmare fuel. Yeah, it was awesome. We uh we first annual. Thompson Hillapalooza. First annual. It's never happened before. We literally did the same exact thing last year, same time. <laughs> it's never happened before. First annual. We didn't even get t-shirts. Maybe next time. Fingers crossed. Uh, what you drinking, buddy? Big Nose. This is, that's the local Swamphead IPA. Mm-hmm. Anti-resin. Six-point IPA. It's delicious. Had a great time drinking beers with you. Watching college football, it was a fun week for me as well. Thanks for asking. Um, I know you're going. I know you're going through it over there right now with the with the whole sick family. Because he's got a lot on his plate currently, as the only one with a strong immune system in his household. Um, he's a champion though, and uh, he's going to push through it. Even even if he had the flu, this would be his Michael Jordan's flu game. He's just nodding. Stunning, sorry. Yeah, it's great for an audio medium. Good content for me to nod to your... I mean, what do, what do you want from me, man? Uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, my, I guess the... I didn't ask how your week was because we had the same week. So, like, what was the point of me asking? You already talk, spoke about me coming down. Well, but you know me personally, how did I feel about it? I felt great. Okay. Um, your daughter's adorable. It was great. It was great. It was great to hold her. Um, I explained to her uh, how Cover 2 Man works. While you were while you were away, and how the safety really really let down, I don't even remember what team I was watching. Um, <laughs> Texas A&M, how the safety really let him down on that on that first Texas A&M score. But it was great. Uh, I had a lot of fun, enjoyed it. Can't wait to do it again. But now, we finally made it. It's over. Our wait for week one is here. We are. We are on game day eve. We are just one big sleep away from football, Casey. Can you believe it? Yeah, you said our wait for week one is here. <laughs> it's <laughs> over. Yeah, there you go. It's here and it's over. Yeah. Uh, no, I can't believe it. It, you know, it, it was. It seems like it was just yesterday, right? The Rams won the Super Bowl, and here we are. It does not feel like just yesterday, but right, <laughs> fair enough. Maybe for you, I've not so had, much. For I've only had a second kid, and we've had you know a bunch of. Things it it been, feels but... like a lifetime ago. <laughs> All right, um, so we're gonna get back into our normal swing of things. We're gonna do uh, obviously. There's no game to recap from last week, but we're gonna do our our week one preview. We're gonna do um, our key offensive matchups, our key defensive matchups. Um, final thoughts, and then a quick pick them at the end for both of our teams. And then we're going to play a quick little game of this or that. And then we're going to get to everybody's favorite segment that I'm going to tease here, but I'm not going to give you the satisfaction of hearing me say the title of it just yet. Okay. So let's get into that week one preview. All right. 
Jags at Commanders. One o'clock kick. Commanders are a two and a half point favorite. My key offensive matchup for this one. Uh, Jags new look O-line versus Washington uh, football team's defensive front. So last year, Jonathan Allen was the fourth highest graded interior defensive lineman with an 84.9. Montez Sweat was the 31st for edge defenders with a grade of a 75.6. Jags newish look at uh, offensive line with the tackles remaining the same. Uh, And the interior replacing veteran center with a rookie and an all-pro guard coming over. Uh, and this being their first full game of action. This is my primary one, and it's not even so much the pass rush as it is just the entirety of how is the line going to hold up? What are they going to look like on run plays? What are they going to look like uh, holding up against pressure for passing? And just how are they all going to work as as a new cohesive unit? This is my This is my offensive key. I, the key is, <laughs> sorry, I was prepping dolphin stuff. Um, so I think that your key that I completely missed, if you could just you know shorthand it to five words. <laughs> the new look offensive line versus the defensive front for the Washington. Well, no, Commanders. no Chase Young, so that's nice. Um, right. I think, but I did. Oh. I so I did also say that. Um, Jonathan Allen was fourth highest graded defensive interior last year with an 84.9. And Montez Sweat was 31st edge with a 75.6. So even mostly without Chase Young last year. Yeah, I and I get that. Um, I get that their defensive line is still their strength, I guess. Mm. But Chase Young hypothetically and potentially can be a superstar if everything goes right. Um Hopefully, we see that from him. But anyway, I, I think that uh, it's going to – I mean, offensive line, it's always when you're changing up formation, changing guys, mm-hmm. it's it's concerning, uh, right? So you have a guy, a few new guys that's going to be on the interior, and you still have Juwan Taylor on right tackle. It's – I would say, you know, it, it's still a bit of a question mark – to see how well it goes. Uh, at least Juwan Taylor has Scherf inside of him, right? Right. Um, <laughs> well, you know what I mean. Wow. <laughs> and then, uh, you know, it, you have Cam and Ben Barch yep. on the left side. Yep. Um, so it's like a mix of one and a rookie good center. and one bad <laughs> on both yeah. sides. Yeah. Uh, and they're mix matched. I, I don't know. It's... It is it is concerning. I think that um, that that's a good key of the game because I really I really don't know how this offensive line is going to be, um, and I Trevor is going to need time uh, with these wide receivers. So I uh, my, hope for the best there. My other key, which I had at first, but I did feel like it was a little bit of a disservice to the Commanders, is the uh, the Jags versus themselves. Um, Last year, it was not only the Jags playing an opponent, but they were also playing against themselves. Lots of drops, lots of stall drives, lots of receivers running into each other on routes, um, lots of refusal to hand the ball off to one of the best running backs in the game. And at, at first, it was, you know, 
can the Jags get out of their own way and find a way to score points in a game that they should be able to? That was my initial one, but that didn't feel like it was fair to the commanders. Yeah, but I get what you're saying. Um, you know, dysfunction uh, abundant last year, mm-hmm. right? I liked a tweet today where um, <laughs> it was like Urban was saying that he, for the first game of the the year, he was concerned about Joe Mixon. You guys yeah. were playing the Texans. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, you know, I, I think that you're going to be better prepared for week one this year than you sure. were for week one last year. Uh, so you have that going for you, which is nice. Um, I, I think you've added some offensive weapons, both from not being injured in Etienne and from free agency in Kirk and Zay Jones. Uh, I'm excited to see this offense work. The commanders behind that defensive line isn't particularly strong. Mm-hmm. It is a generally bad team. Um, and so it's a nice week one, but we thought the same thing last year. Yeah, none so, of their other <laughs> defensive starters were even on any of the like top lists for the PFF graded players. So it's really just those two front end guys uh, that are that are the cause of concern. Which is why initially I went with just Jags versus themselves. I didn't, admittedly, I didn't watch a lot of Commanders not only last year, but this year in the preseason. I'm I, this one of the teams I really haven't gotten my eyes on, so. I, I'm not 100% sure like what they've got going on other than an owner who is skimming skimming money off the top and the most expensive beers in the league. Yeah. On defense, I mean, it, there's nothing much new um, mm-hmm. in my mind. On offense, you're you're looking at Dotson right. uh, and Wentz, obviously. Uh, but beside that, pretty much the same crew. So I don't know, you know, and I don't know. I'm, Wondering if they'll use Curtis Samuel a little bit more. Last mm. year, he seemed to be a ghost uh, when he had a good year prior to that with the Panthers. I I don't know. It, it, I would say one thing, you did particularly well against Wentz last year, so I guess we could head yeah. to that side of the ball now. Yeah, so it's exactly the same, but flipped. Um, so for me, the key key defensive matchup is the defensive front versus Carson Wentz. Um, while his PFF grade isn't really that far off, which was kind of surprising to me, Casey, um, his PFF grade of the difference between his his passing grade when he is not under pressure versus when he is under pressure is actually pretty similar to a lot of the top guys in the league, which was I was kind of surprised about. Like the difference in the number is about the same. Um, but using the eyeball test and seeing some of the things that Carson Wentz has done in his career when he is under pressure uh, kind of like leads me to not feel like that grade is necessarily what I would agree with. I feel like Carson Wentz folds like a lawn chair under pressure. Um, and that's my biggest key in this game, especially if the Jags can find a way to get to him with a a four-man front, just bringing their their four guys, not having to blitz and being able to pressure pressure Carson Wentz and drop the most people that they can into coverage. I think that's the biggest key to a victory here for for the Jags. Yeah, one hundred percent agree. I I don't I don't know the numbers for Wentz, but uh, it's like a twenty-point drop. But it was uh, it was like that for almost every player that I looked at, other than Herbert. 
Herbert um, is actually better under pressure. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's abnormality. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, I drafted him again today <laughs> in a well different done. fantasy league. Um, anyway, so I I, I think that um, I've seen Wentz before, right? And I, that boy sails those balls when he's mm-hmm. under pressure. And I think that I am very curious how Trayvon Walker fits in the NFL. Uh, you know, I, I have concerns about him. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is a good start uh, the commander's offensive line is decent i would say that um that's something they do have going for them uh so if you're not having any type of blitz packages and you're mostly just rushing the four i, I do think um that will be interesting to watch if you can actually get any pressure uh i think that however even with a whole different new coaching staff just watch the game feel of weeks week 18 last year right you know how to get to Wentz, and yep. you got a lot of the same defenders um, so hopefully you see similar type of a attack against him. And obviously um, if you can build a lead and you have to make Wentz win it, that's the best situation. Mm-hmm. Like the, when you played him in week 18, you took the ball out of Jonathan Taylor's hands, take the ball out of Antonio Gibson's hands here and just make Wentz throw it. Right. And that's what leads to even more mistakes. Yeah. So it, it's not even like, the physical pressure of players, but also like the metaphysical pressure put upon Carson Wentz that seems to make him have a lot of issues within games. Um, I, I'm not as concerned about Trayvon Walker. I think the problem is the value for where he was picked, right? But I think what he showed in the preseason is that he's a football player and he can play football. He might not, you know, lead the league ever in sacks, uh, but he's going to be a guy who's going to be able to contribute to a team. He's going to be able to stop the run. He's going to be able to apply pressure. He's going to be able to free up some other guys, whereas the team before with guys like Chase on uh, are not real football players. Let me rephrase, I guess. I don't think Josh Allen really has had a second guy. Hasn't Other had than Calais. And okay, that was the year true. that, that was he the had first year, and that's the first year. Sacks. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, you're right. You're absolutely right, and that's right, and that's your that's your best year. You know, right. one of your best years as a Jags fan. And I think so. I, I think that that's the, that's my point is that if he can have a I, he I do he's an athlete, right? So I think mm-hmm. he will be just fine in terms of being on a team. He's not going to be chased on or anything like that. I think that it's mostly a. Can he be a threat so substantially in the pass rush game that it frees up Josh Allen a little bit more because of the way that they have to have blocking schemes against Mm -hmm. one or the other, or vice versa? Um, Can Trayvon Walker handle a one-on-one more often? So, you know, I'm just curious. It's just something where I haven't really seen. Right. You know, we haven't. We, no, no, one has, no one has seen it. Uh, Trayvon Walker in the NFL in a regular season game. So I just want to watch right. it. I'm not saying that he um, can't be t- a talented NFL player. Sure. But there, he does have, the one thing he does have is upside because yeah. of his raw athletic ability. And I think that um, the if we can see flashes of that early, that's going to be nice for mm-hmm. for. for Jags fans and for your sanity. <laughs> All right. Final thoughts here. So for me, um, if the Jags are going to be able to hit my high water mark of seven games, this is one that they have to win. This is a game 
that's on the schedule that is a game that they could absolutely win on the road. You you need if you're going to hit seven wins as the Jags, you're going to have to win a couple of games on the road, and this is one of them. It's not a must-have, obviously. It's week one, but this is a game that you're playing against a team that you should be pretty evenly matched against, and this is a game that they they got to take, Casey. Yeah, I guess. Um, yeah, so I agree with you. I agree. This is one of your your weaker teams on your schedule. Mm-hmm. I think that being in Washington isn't much of a home field advantage for them. Um, but again, for me, this season is more about the development of some of your younger players. Um, and you want to see someone like Trevor take advantage of a weak defense. Yeah. yeah. So that's what I, that's what I, I really want to see the most. Yeah. Part, part of the development though, is getting into a habit of, of winning. winning. What does that look like? <laughs> yeah. How, what do you do a for a week of what? preparation <laughs> after you've won? <laughs> like all that kind of stuff. And so for the first quarter of the season, you've got Jags at Commanders, Colts at Jaguars, and then they go Jags at Chargers, Jags, Jags at Eagles. So uh, not trying to look too far ahead, but, you know, if they could come out of, out of this first stretch like two and two, that would be, you know, I, to me, the, the highest point that they could possibly get, you know. And I think two if you lose it, you have, a good sh- you have a good shot at going on for. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Give me your pick and score. Score, too? Yeah, hit me with um, score. Just okay. off the top of your dome. Well, you you are really confident it's coming in under 44. Um, so I am going to say. Did you look at my bets? Huh? No, you, you told me to bet it while we were together, my man. I put a hundo no. on it. <laughs> Okay, well, Do you remember that? Do just you remember wait that till LSU you hear my score. <laughs> uh, So I have, uh, I have the Jags winning twenty to seventeen. Jags win thirteen ten. Now let's move on to yours, Miami Dolphins. One o'clock kick. Dolphins three and a half point favorite. Terrible, terrible. Um, which, by the way, I kind of like the Commanders at two and a half. What a ridiculous! I, I just—it's kind of unbelievable to me that um, the Jags would be favored, which is essentially what they're saying on a neutral field. Uh, yeah, I guess a lot of money has been coming in for the Jags recently. Yeah, this is—it's a, a lot of anti-commanders too. To, sure. to be fair, mm-hmm. um, anyway, um, but I'm not betting on it anyway. Uh, just the under. So, Dolphins—you know, another season, another another high expectations, the highest it's ever been, um, and a lot riding on this season. Uh, we had not since 1972 have the expectations been higher. <laughs> uh, I don't know about that, but um, you know, I, I think that what we're looking at in terms of where the path of the Miami Dolphins could go from here is that if our quarterback is bad this year, we could have Giselle's ex-husband on our team as our starting quarterback oh, no. um, next year because that's when his contract. Too? <laughs> yeah. Oh boy. <laughs> um. You know, I, I think that's where this could go because <clears throat> we're basically giving Tua. Sorry, did I cough too loud? <laughs> I tried to cough away from the mic. We, we're giving Tua all of the weapons he needs, right? That you've heard this hmm. a million times. Um, his offensive line is substantially improved. He has an offensive-minded coach. There's got to be substantial improvement. Um, I like what I've seen. I like Tua a lot. I think he can be the guy, hmm. um, but we need to see it. 
18 games. The guy has had tons of injury problems. We need to see it. Um, and so there's a lot riding on the season because if it's bad, next season could be wild because we already have enough. We have so much invested in our offense now with Armstead and Hill that we're going to need in Wilson um, and Williams. And I, there's just so much money there um, that we would need to pivot pretty hard to a good different quarterback that's ready to come in and win a Super Bowl because I think that's where we're at um, minus the quarterback position. So it's up to Tua to show us that we don't need to do that and that we can keep developing around him um, and kind of have a good championship running team uh, for the next few years. You want me to start on offense? Sure. I'd love uh, to hear my, it. My offense <laughs> key matchup is, tell me if you've heard this before, Tua <laughs> versus the Patriots defense. <laughs> Just the whole thing. The, the whole, whole defense. The whole defense. He needs. I need to see improvement pre-snap. I need to see improvement against the rush. I need to see improvement on the throws, short, middle, and deep. Hmm. I, I, I need to see something. I've seen it in the preseason. I've seen it in all the training camp and all the videos. I need to see it in an NFL regular season game against Bill Belichick's defense. And... What they did last week, uh, two weeks ago, I guess, against the Eagles, I want to see again. And how they just came out and just were like three plays, touchdown, including a long bomb the hill. I want to see that again. I don't want to be conservative. I'm so tired of being conservative. That's how it was under Brian Flores. I want to see the offense that, you know, is just what wins in the NFL today. It's the same offense that are being picked for the Bills and the Chargers and the Rams and the you know Chiefs and the Bucks, the same offense that is going to score 30 or should score 30 a game. That's what our offense needs to be. Uh, and so it's going to require a lot of development in Tua, uh, and that's just kind of across the board. I, I debated doing offensive line versus defensive line because it's such a new mm-hmm. uh, group, but it doesn't matter. Like Even if they were incredible and they were amazing, all that matters is that Tua takes advantage of it. And if and if they're not incredible and amazing, I still need Tua to pull it, you know, out of his ass and still win and still handle the pressure like he did last year. It's gonna be better than last year, but he still needs to improve upon what it was last year, um, in terms of playing uh behind a bad offensive line. And everything else is just improvement on every other skill position. Um, running backs, wide receivers, offensive game plan, everything is better this year. So we just need to see it. And that's that starts, ends, and it's all in the middle is, is Tua. Yeah, I think, you know, I think everybody, uh, us included, kind of see the Patriots kind of backsliding a little bit this year from, from their top of their perch um, and coming out of their preeminent kind of dynasty year. But if there's one thing that the Patriots are still going to be able to do its scheme defense week to week, um, be able to give different looks with the coach like Bill Belichick that's going to make their defense stronger against their opponent. And you're right, it's going to be up to Tua to be able to see what they're doing, adjust on the fly, and be able to lead a successful offense against Belichick and put the game kind of on his shoulders regardless of what's happening around him and 
I hope McDaniel, you're out there. You're listening to me like you were. <laughs> Throw that deep ball first play. I don't care if he's covered by three people. Yeah, I I, I think um, I think on a second there note that defensive back group the Patriots noticeably weaker right without J C Jackson there. Mm-hmm. Um, we I mean we kind of handled the Patriots the last sure. week of the season last year. In my opinion, nothing has improved. Everything has gotten worse in the Patriots' offense Yeah, I'm just willing to give Belichick the benefit of the doubt, especially on the defensive side of the ball, that he'll be able to scheme, especially with, you know, essentially four weeks to game plan for the Dolphins game, um, that he's going to be able to figure out things that he can do with his players that are going to be able to stifle the, the, the Dolphins' offense, and I need to see Tua rise above that. Yeah. On defense, I think it's it's our it's our cornerbacks uh, against uh, whatever they're throwing out there as receivers and tight ends. Um, you know, I think it, it it will be good to see where we are at without kind of our our well our number two cornerback and um, another guy that was definitely going to be four or five in Trill Williams, um, and so we're going to throw at them. Xavier Howard and Nick Needham, and then behind that is not a lot of good stuff. It's Keon Cross and it's Cater Kohu, it's Justin Bethel, and it's Noah, my man Big Noah. Um, <laughs> I got you. And I just this is the probably the weakest receiving core that we're going to mm. play these first four weeks, um, where we won't have Byron Jones. So they need to be decent if we have any chance of winning um, or at least not winning so much as much as giving up three to 400 passing yards against these better offenses that we're about to play in these next couple weeks. Um, And so I just want to see how these guys are. A lot of guys that haven't had a lot of playing time are going to immediately have a lot of playing time just because of necessity. Um, Everything else has improved on our team. Our edge group is incredible. We've added Trey Flowers and Melvin Ingram, um, which has pushed Van Ginkle to the second team. Um, and then our linebacker group is the same pretty much, but it's still adding Tyndall. And I, I, I think that, you know, it's, it's just one of those things where we kind of went back and forth last year of getting coverage sacks or just scheme sacks mm-hmm. and blitzes and things like that and relying on our defensive backs. And I want to lean towards the ladder still. I want to blitz guys. You know, we we do have those. We do at least still have great safeties. That's one thing we'll have with Holland, Jones, and Rowe. I, you know, I trust those guys to um, be there, and I want to use them on all levels of the field, whether that is blitzing the quarterback or whether that is playing in some sort of linebacker position or it being the deep safety. I think those guys can do that. Yeah. And so that's kind of what I want to see. Um, I want I want our defense to shut this team down because I don't think they're a good offense. Yeah, that's, um, that, that's kind of what you were just kind of alluding to. That's kind of the thing that I'm the most excited for watching this defense. The, the coach stayed the same, but the head coach and the team philosophy kind of changed. So I'm very interested to see mike mcdaniel's influence upon the defense what he's kind of said he wants the defense to look like or whether he's just been completely hands off and he's gonna let um the coach whose name escapes me currently um 
to do his thing, you know, and it'll be interesting to see which of those two different kinds of defenses that we saw from the Dolphins, which one they they implore, employ more. Yeah. Josh Boyer, sorry, and, is our defensive coordinator. And I, yeah, exactly. Um, he's He's been around long enough, right? Uh, Flores had to kind of take over again last year. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that we have got to, I mean, I think we know what's successful with our defense. Sure. These last two years um, have showed what works, and that is sending more guys than they can handle and relying on our coverage to be good enough to give those guys enough time to get to the quarterback. Um, and that's what creates turnovers. That's what creates uh, bad plays on the offense. And I, I think that I'm hoping that's what we stick with as we go into this week one matchup. And even when we did, I know, again, it's just one of those things we always start off slow. Um, I, I Another thing I'm tired of, and I know we have the tough four weeks to start off, but it would be nice again to start with a win like we did last year. Um, you know, we did go to New England and beat the Patriots mm-hmm. in Mac Jones's first game, and he actually looked decent, even with pressure. But it was a lot of coverage type pressure. You know, relying on our defensive backs. To, let's let's throw the the fucking kitchen sink at Mac Mac Jones and see if he can handle that mm-hmm. when he's got to throw to Devontae Parker who can't get open and Nelson Aguilar who can't catch and two tight ends um, and, and see what happens. Final thoughts on this game. Um, look, it's, it's another year hopes and expectations are the highest it's been as a dolphin fan for me since I was born. Um, and I I mean, there's a lot writing on this. McDaniel has already said, you know, if, if we win, we're the greatest ever. If we lose, we suck. Um, but just really remember that there's a week two. Um, I paraphrase that, but it still does seem like there is a lot of pressure on this week one, just yeah. because of our first four weeks, um, in the matchups that we have, sure. uh, and it so, being divisional. so exactly. And right. So I think that, man, I just, I can't, I can't just have another year of disappointment. Um, and so this kind of might be the first game of the next 10 years of the Miami Dolphins. I am so excited for the McDaniel era to begin the offensive fireworks. I'm I'm so excited to see what a full game with the starters is going to look like for this team. I, I cannot wait to watch the offensive firepower, and I am hyped for this Dolphins game. Give me your pick up. Dolphins win 35 to 10. <laughs> Dolphins win 30 to 17. Naturally. Now, let's get into a quick game of this or that. This time, I'm not going to be the only one that's going to bring some this or that. Casey has brought me a couple. So, do you want to start or do you want me to go first? I figure we're going to go back and forth, right? Sure. All right. So. Let's go ahead. I can start. Um, okay. The first one is pretty simple. This or that. <laughs> I love it. Jets win over the Ravens or Bears win over the 49ers. So, man, that's, that's a 
Jets over Raiders or Bears over the 49ers? I Jets think over Ravens. Jets over Ravens. So I, I would have to say the Bears over the 49ers as much as I like the 49ers and I believe in the 49ers. You're still starting a rookie quarterback. We know what the Ravens are. They're healthy, and that was their problem last year was that they were you know, the most injured team in the league. Otherwise, I, we probably would have been looking at them in the, in the playoffs. Um, so that's what I would go with. Who are you talking about rookie quarterback? What, what the hell did you just say to me? Well, first, first year quarterback, Trey Lance. Oh, he, gotcha, he hasn't gotcha, really started gotcha, them any gotcha. games. So it's, I didn't that, know. I didn't, the, well, I didn't know who you're talking about. Sure, that's <laughs> the wild card to me. That that that. Because I don't know if you know this, but Justin Fields is also <laughs> same with, year. Sure, but Justin Fields played all year last year. Correct. And correct. Trey Lance I get. I get what you're saying. Like more than half games. Yeah, I agree with you. Um, except, I mean. It's Joe Flacco and the Jets, so it's also tough yeah. to look at that. I do think that the Ravens, I am curious what that offense looks like. Um, you know, so I, I do want to see a little bit more of that. Uh, it's tough. I, I have the Bears as the worst team in the league, hmm. so I am leaning towards the 49ers over the Bears as more likely. We're going to hit We're gonna hit this game in a little bit and later. We were, we were both looking at this game. We're going to hit this later, but my first this or that. Trevor Lawrence makes a leap, or Mac Jones takes a step back. This or that? You doing a whole season thing? I did only this weekend. All right, well, so you know, I've told Jess this only this this weekend too. Dang. Um, okay, so I just kind of uh, came up with some this or that. What is more likely? Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't necessarily just mean statistically, right? Like this is, you know, are we coming out of this season thinking, all right, Trevor Lawrence is is the guy, and maybe you know. Um, Josh McDaniel was propping up Mac Jones, like that kind of stuff. You know, I, I think that it's tough because I think Mac Jones is rated too high right now. Um, so higher than I already have him. So in my mind, sure. he's staying the same. But in the national media mind, um, he's going to take a step back. Okay. Um, for Trevor Lawrence, though, I'm going to say that it's going to be the leap is more likely. Um, I think that will be much more noticeable uh, to the NFL and to the national media at large in terms of all-around statistics and stuff like that. I think that the performance that we will see from Trevor Lawrence will be substantially better than last year. He'll start looking like the number one guy that we all thought he was um, just because he has that structure around him. And the drop-off that we're going to see from Mac Jones, I don't think it's going to be that substantial. Um, I think that it's going to kind of not be his his blame or his burden. Hmm. Um, you know, I don't think he's going to ne- look bad in terms of like, I don't know, Zach Wilson or anything like that. Or like making more bad decisions or anything like that. I think it's just going to look bad. And I think they'll just blame the structure around him. Honestly. Um, I don't think they will blame Mac Jones for the way that the Patriots will perform this year. But I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to look better and it's going to be easier to recognize his, his performance. Yeah, it's not always fun to just always agree with you on here, but again, I have to agree. Um, I, d- I definitely do think that Mac Jones' stats are going to take a little bit of a dip here with um, Joe Judge and Matt Patricia as his uh, uh, dual offensive coordinators, and we saw how well that worked last year for the Dolphins. Um, I-, I definitely 
think it's going to be more of a, just the Patriots overall are not as good and their offensive coordinator is not as good as much as it's going to be Mac Jones's fault, if that kind of makes sense. And I do think that Trevor Lawrence is going to take that step up. I did say I think he's going to probably propel himself up to about, you know, 16th uh, rated quarterback. Hit me with your next this or that. This, that, or that. Whoa. <laughs> Baker Mayfield. Hmm. Russell Wilson. Joe Flacco. All three of these players are playing their former teams this weekend. Whoa. Who has the most amount of passing yards? So, interesting. Uh, Baker is playing the Panthers. Russell Wilson is playing the Seattle Seahawks. This is where people are at home, Baxter. And Joe Flacco is playing the Ravens. So, my, my first snap guess is Joe Flacco. Because I think the Jets are going to be behind. And the Jets are going to have to be throwing the ball a lot more than Russell Wilson uh, playing the Seahawks, who I think is a pretty bad team at this point. Um, I think that they're going to be able to probably get up kind of early and be able to and be able to lean on them in the run game. Um, so then it kind of becomes Baker Mayfield with a bad Panthers team or Joe Flacco with a bad Jets team. You know what? I'll go Baker. I think that I think Baker's probably the right choice. I think he's gonna he is more in a place where he wants to shove it to his former team than Flacco is. So I'm gonna go Baker as as the quarterback to throw for the most yards against his former team. Agreed. One hundred and fifty to Christian McCaffrey. <laughs> <laughs> that too, you know, they got a got a they got a pass catching running back. All right. Number two. Pay Lamar Jackson the Deshaun deal or play contract chicken through the season. This or that. Um, So Lamar has put a deadline of Friday as the last day he's willing to have contract negotiations with the Ravens. Do they attempt to sign him to a deal, which he's looking for, that's similar to the guaranteed money that Deshaun Watson got right now? Or do they let him play another season, potentially take them on a deep playoff run, win another MVP, and have to pay him even more money? They will not pay him by Friday. And they won't pay him this season. Do you think he's going to go the Kirk Cousins route and we're going to see the, the double franchise tag? Definitely possible. What would you do if you were the Ravens? I would pay him Deshaun Watson money. Agreed. I, I, <laughs> you got to pay him right now, man. Like, it's all, the the price tag. Every time he plays a full season, it's only going to go up. I can't. It, it's not going to get any lower than it's going to get this season. And if it's going to put you in a position where you got to cut a few guys, so be it. That's kind of how I feel about it at this point. But the risk that you're running as the Ravens of letting this guy either leave or having to pay him two years of a franchise tag and then pay him to be the highest paid quarterback at, at that point, I don't know, like $350 million total guaranteed. You're only going to cost yourself more money. Yeah. I just, I mean, the Ravens have put just not great stuff around. Mm-hmm. 
around Lamar Jackson um, on offense, especially hmm. um, is what I, I is what I'm leaning to. Their defense obviously is, is stellar, but I think that even with that, besides last year when he was injured, of course, um, he has showed that he will bring you to uh, a division title uh, easily, type of thing. Hmm. So I think that you, look when you have the quarterback, you got to pay him. Don't be stupid about it. It's it's not. It's so hard to find a franchise quarterback, and we, you know, spoke about the line of you know that QB purgatory line, and um, you know, I think the both of us probably have Lamar Jackson in the top right. five, mm-hmm. um, and so I think that, oh God, I, I mean, how dumb can you be to 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 fuck around and you know let him leave? Uh, even, I mean, I don't even know when it will be practical, but the guy is still young. If you double franchise tag him and he's what, 27? So it's not even like you're still missing out on him in what could be his prime. Russell Wilson is what, 35? You know, I'm Mm. talking like thinking of like mobile type quarterbacks. So you're still missing tons of years of being constantly in contention. Uh, and if you want to go the route of trying to get your next franchise quarterback, that's a mistake. Uh, let me tell you, um, yeah. trying to find those are a diamond in the rough and you need to commit to them now. Hmm. Got another one for me? Naturally. Um, this or that Hill and Waddle score three touchdowns this weekend or Jags score three touchdowns this weekend the first on offense (laughs) the first one for sure i i i'm still very dubious of the the jags offensive attack i definitely want to be proven wrong obviously as i've had a conversation with somebody on twitter i'd love to be wrong um i don't believe in christian kirk as a number one wide receiver I don't. I, I saw what he looked like as a number one wide receiver last year while um, Hopkins was out, and he uh, did not shine. And I, I know that he's obviously not the only guy that's going to be out there, but as we've talked about, that the the NFL goes more and more to the passing game, and having three guys who are who are top-tier NFL players are where you want to get to, and I'm a little concerned that the Jags offense only has one. And it is Christian Kirk, but I don't know if he can be a number one, if that makes sense. So I'm going to go Waddle and Hill here pretty easily. Yeah, I agree. Thanks. (laughs) Okay. Here's my final one. Do you have any more? Because my next one is a perfect segue into the final segment. Um, I have a few. Oh, hit me with okay. <laughs> Rapid fire here. Um, Rogers starts a seance on the sideline or mm-hmm. or seance, sorry, on the sure. sideline or Waddle takes a troop of penguins on the field um, and they do the Waddle dance together. The first one. Have you seen that tattoo? Next. Uh, Elliot takes a nap and the Dolphins lose or Elliot does not take a nap and the Dolphins win. Second one, easy money. Next. Florence Pugh comes out against Olivia Wilde, or Chris Pine will trip Harry Styles. 
I don't know what the first one means, <laughs> and I did see the spit video from Harry okay, Styles, okay, okay, so I'm okay, going to go okay. two because that's the only one I know that exists. Love it. All right. That's, those are my three Jess uh, this or that's. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay. So my final one, perfect segue. This is a Casey this or that. Fantasy football or betting? Choose one. This or that. You can only do one of them for the rest of your life. This is a very pregnant pause. He has his finger over his mustache. He's deep in thought. I have stumped him. He's rocking in his chair now. I do not want to fill this with silence. <laughs> but he is <laughs> deep in thought. Uh, oh, man. Um, I would say fantasy football. Uh, there is, I think, the edge. I mean, th- there's, there's just a couple intangibles with fantasy football. Um, the group chats, are, I think, are, is a strong one. I think that um, not only the group chats, but then the chats between you and me laughing at the group chats and the people in the group <laughs> chat. Um, and uh, another one, of course, is the drafts are, you know, something we look forward to. I have always loved drafts. I love drafts and Madden um, and... You know, I just like being able to choose players that then I can root for type of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and with with fantasy football, the way that I do it now, I get that both in the sense of I have teams that I have throughout the years and dynasties or I have redrafts. And so I can choose guys that I think are going to be good that year. Um, and um, I can gamble now on bingo, the, the fantasy football type of stuff. Sure. Um, which I do on Sleeper, uh, you can easily do it. It's just a different tab. You know what I mean? It's to just make it. They're just making it easier for me, and Start I can there. choose over and under yards, and it's right there on the fantasy football stuff. And I mean, there's there's not only that. There's also um, the uh, like DraftKings and stuff like that, where you can choose a team, and you know, there there'd be other ways to go about it. Um, and I'm still playing these fantasy football things for money, so it's not like that's going right. away either. All right, now we are to everybody's favorite segment, Casey's Casino Corner. So, as always, Casey's going to bring us his customary three bets for the week, and I'm going to hit you with a couple of fun bets. All right, all right, all right. Last year, I went a perfect 183 in zero. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I did. I did really well last year. You did well. Um, and I think that I've convinced the Hills to, instead of investing in your typical IRA and or uh, stock portfolios, did they are going that. to they are going to send me the money and I will bet it, <laughs> gamble it away. That Terry, if you're listening, uh, that's what's happening. That's actually what's happening. Uh, <laughs> all right. So uh, let me go, let me start with the straight one and then I'll do the teasers. Straight. Okay. Detroit Lions at home against the Philadelphia Eagles plus four. I'm choosing okay. Lions. Okay, so the Lion, Lions can lose by three. Yes. They played so many games close. Um, I'm not going to go with you on this one. 
but only because I was so down on the Eagles last year, and it was such a mistake by me. I'm not going to go that route. I feel like the Eagles are a very good team. Uh, as much as I loved watching Hard Knocks this year, it's been maybe one of my favorite seasons of Hard Knocks I've ever watched. Lions defense, terrible. Eagles quarterback. Yeah. So this is mostly a we're early in the season type of thing. That Eagles offense, you know, that connection between Hurts and Brown, it's not there. Um, and the roles kind of have to be set a little bit longer. I think that um, the Lions are then catching the Eagles at a good point um, because they are bringing back the same type of offense and defense and mm-hmm. adding a guy like Hutchinson. I, I think that the, the Lions at home, uh, you know, I said this last week. I, I kind of I'm a little bit higher on the Lions this year. Uh, I do think that they are a seven to nine win team, um, and I think that they can compete against some of these stronger teams like the Eagles. Um, I do I do kind of see them making a a bit of a leap here, um, just because of they have the foundation and everyone's healthy right now, um, and the added guys like you know there's guys out there like Chark. And um, Hutchinson, like I mentioned, with Swift healthy, I think it's a team that can uh, pull off an upset early here in the season. Um, getting four points at home is nice. Yeah, I just can't, I can't get there with you with the Lions as as one of the as a, as a team who's going to jump up to seven wins. Very dubious of the offense or the defense, and Jerry Goff obviously still a huge huge concern for me. Next one. We got a teaser. It's a six-point teaser. Therefore, I need both. <laughs> okay. I'm ready. I need both of these teams to cover. I'm adding six points to their total. So basically, the Rams are playing the Buffalo Bills tomorrow night, or when you're listening to this tonight, or potentially yesterday, <laughs> <laughs> depending on how the day goes. Um, and they are currently two and a half point underdogs against the very hyped Buffalo Bills. At home in L.A. Uh, I'm teasing them up to 8.5 because I expect this to be a close game. And I definitely see this to be a game that the Rams can win at home. I'm teasing them with the Minnesota Vikings, who are at home, playing the Green Bay Packers. And they are currently 1.5 point underdogs. I'm teasing them up to 7.5 point underdogs. Therefore, the Vikings can lose by 7. The Rams can lose by 8. And as long as those both, you know, as long as they both cover, I still win. Uh, for the Packers and Vikings, Packers last year, as a prime example, came out very slow. And that new wide receiving core, I think, is another big question mark. Um, divisional game at Minnesota. I think that it's it, it's definitely a, a place where um, it could be. An, again, these are two games that I expect to be tight, which is if you can get more than a touchdown on both of them. Then that's where that's where you go. I'm with you for the sure on the Rams. My only question on this one is is the Vikings. There's just so many moving pieces to what's going to be happening with that team, new coach. Um, the uh, the Packers really are only changing um, out their number one wide receiver, which is obviously a huge thing. I, I think I probably one and s- two. MVS sure. is gone. Okay. Uh, <laughs> MVS would be number one on this team if he stayed. Yeah, but I mean, 
by I'm just default. saying. The, 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 I think Romeo default, Dubs is a better wide receiver than MVS. I'm not, not overly week, concerned not, about but MVS. But not week one of his rookie yeah, yeah, yeah. season. So that's, that's my uh, point. Ultimately, I'm going to go with you on this one, but I would definitely – I would have more of a cause c- for concern for the Packers-Vikings than, than the Rams one. I think you, you kind of nailed it on that one. I don't think they're going to – I don't think the Bills are going to win by more than a touchdown against the Super Bowl champions. Last one. Tell me if you heard this before because it was my first of this or that. Ravens, 49ers, teaser. Ravens, six points down to a one-point favorite. 49ers, six points down to a one-point favorite. Basically, the Ravens 49ers have to win their games against the Jets and Bills, respectively. Yeah, that's easy money. Thank Uh, you. uh, I like to think so. (laughs) You gave me the this or that, so I had to choose one of them, but I would definitely think that both of those teams win. Now we're going to go to my two fun bets. And one of them, perfect segue. (laughs) Trey Lance, over 37.5 rush yards, minus 115. And Justin Fields, over 35.5 rush yards, minus 110. I don't know if there's any possible way where you can find quarterback rush yards total and see if there's a better odds for that. But there's no way in my mind that Trey Lance doesn't run for more than 37 yards and Justin Fields doesn't run for more than 35 yards. Those numbers seem absurd to me. Mostly the Bears are a bad offense. They don't have a lot going for them other than Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney, and David Montgomery. Justin Fields' offensive line is garbage. He's going to be scrambling. If he doesn't have more than 40 yards, I'd be shocked. And Trey Lance, one of my favorite things about watching him coming out of college was that he was a guy who looked to pass the ball first, but then when he took off to run, he was positively electric. I can't imagine the 49ers not telling him, if, if it's not there, take off and run. It's a new element of their offense. I can't imagine both of those quarterbacks not hitting the overs on those numbers. My only concern with this is that the 49ers could be up a lot. Mm-hmm. The Bears' defense, not good. So Trey Lance might be like, I'm not going to risk my body <laughs> and run it. Sure. Um, and when I can pass it to the open guy because Bears' defense sucks. <laughs> sure, but um, what I saw out of Trey Lance in college is that could be two runs. And it's not even like designed runs. It's scrambles after he's looked to pass the ball and nobody's open. And he runs, you know, 17 yards twice. And he basically hits that number. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, I agree with you, Justin Fields, because I can definitely see a lot of situations where he's scrambling. He Mm -hmm. looks downfield and no one is open. So he's (laughs) going to take the yards he has in front of them. And that's going to have rushed at least five times. And that's going to be eight yards a piece. There's your 40 yards. Yep. <laughs> um, it is Lance. I, I don't know about Lance. I don't know if I would take the Lance one. I do have concerns that uh, just situationally uh, in this game where is there, the ball is pretty much out of his hands in the second half and he hasn't hit it yet. So why mm. would he be you know running? Um, sure. And it's week one, so um, he'll play it smart. The only thing going for you is that he is younger, um, and I could. I mean, he does seem like a guy that would run it <laughs> um, and risk himself, even if it's week one against the Bears. Yeah. Um, so, you know, 
I, I would say it, that that one's more of a toss up to me. I like the fields over for sure. Second one. And apparently I already convinced you to do this, but Jags Commanders under 44 points minus 110. That feels like easy money for me for sure. I don't see this game getting to 44 points if they played for two days. Yeah, of course there is the defensive touchdown concern. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, you seemed very sure of this, so I committed to this um, about five days ago when we were together <laughs> um, on the spot. So, uh, you know, luckily, um, well, let me rephrase. Hopefully, uh, this one comes through, unlike your, oh, the LSU Tigers Man, will cream I, the FSU Seminoles bet. I known that the LSU quarterback couldn't throw his way out of a wet paper bag, I might have felt differently about that, but I had no idea what we were getting into with LSU with an all-American wide receiver seeing two targets in you know the first 58 minutes of the game absolutely absurd so yeah hopefully it goes a little bit better than that um but uh but you know um I I I agree with you on that one I I took the under I I do think that it is week one um and these offenses lack firepower, so mm-hmm. under 44 seems like a definitely likely outcome. Final thoughts. Take us home. Final thoughts on what? We already talked about final thoughts. Um, the NFL, I, week one, baby. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm very excited about it being back, you know? I'm with you. I can't <laughs> wait. Uh, Sunday's oh, you off. Know what I'm, you know what I'm excited for? That. That's what yeah. I'm excited for. Me, Finally, in, in, in years. Have, have I been able to only like all the only thing I could do is text you stuff that was going furiously um, yeah. during during Sunday afternoons being able to get responses back from a guy that's actually watching the games is gonna be nice yeah yeah, yeah. I will be um, doing my best to live tweet from our Twitter um, during the games kind of giving you at least my thoughts maybe you know since a couple of screenshots of Casey and I's text back and forth So we'll be back next week with our normal recap and preview show. Don't forget to rate and subscribe on Apple Podcasts for us if you'd be so kind. You can find and follow us at Surf and Artificial Turf, all one word on Twitter. You can also email us anything you'd like. The same thing, surfandartificialturf at gmail.com. Thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you all next week on the Surf and Artificial Turf podcast. Mm